Well, good morning. Uh, this is a special day for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's Groundhog Day. Uh, and although it's not scientific, it looks like spring is coming early this year, but it's also something else. It's, it's Paladromic Day. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kind of a big deal. Uh, it's when the date forward is the same as the date backwards, so 0202-2020. What's unique about this particular palindromic day is that it's a worldwide palindromic day. A lot of cultures, especially over in Europe, they, they do the date differently. They do the day first, then the month, then the year. We do the month first. Someone asks you your birthday, you'll say it's September or whatever. Do it differently, but today, around the world, it's the same, whether you start with the day or you start with the month. The last time that happened, I know that's why you came here today to know this. <laughs> the last time that happened was 909 years ago, on November 11th, 1111. So it is kind of an interesting day, but I think what's happening here today is much greater, much more exciting. For some of you, this is kind of an odd thing. Maybe you've never seen a baptism before like this, where someone comes and they share their story and then they're placed in a, a pool of water and then they come out of the water and everybody cheers. And you wonder, what exactly is this all about? Many of you have come from churches where infants were baptized and the mode of baptism was not an immersion type thing, it was more of a sprinkling. And so you wonder the question, why do you do it this way? Why do we do it at all? And for me, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of the fact that through faith in Christ, when we make him the object of our trust, we receive the forgiveness of our sins. We are adopted into God's family. We become children of God and our eternity is set. It's an exciting thing when someone meets Jesus. And these stories are about that. We call this a believer's baptism. It's just different than the kind of baptism that maybe an infant would go through. That baptism is a little bit more like a, maybe a dedication or a, a kind of a recognition that they're being introduced into the church family. But this is a believer's baptism. It's a baptism that, that people do after they put their trust in Jesus, after they have become believers, but it still raises the question, why do we do it? And one of the main reasons is we feel like Jesus wants us to. After Jesus died and was buried and rose again from the dead, he spent 40 days with his closest friends, his disciples, and then on that 40th day, he met with them on a mountain. And at this time, there was a group of about 500 of them. This would be the last time they'd see him on this earth because before the day was out, he would rise up and return to his Father in heaven. But before he did that, he gave them and us our marching orders. In Matthew 28, 18, he said, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, which is quite a statement. And then he went on to say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey everything I've commanded you, and remember I'm with you always to the end of the age. Their marching orders were to go and tell other people about me. 
I'm the son of God and God the son and the savior of the world and through faith in me, people can have eternal life and experience forgiveness for their sins. And then when people believe, I want them to identify with me through the water of baptism, being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then they're to be taught to obey Christ, to become followers of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the reasons, by the way, some of you might have wondered how it is that we might have a parent baptizing or someone else baptizing. Isn't that what clergy do? No, this command was given to all the disciples all 500 of them on the mountain said, you go, all of us, we take that responsibility, we make disciples. It still though raises the question, why? I mean, we would do it just because Jesus said so, but is there a reason why? Well, we believe it's a symbol. We do not believe that baptism is essential for a person to get to heaven, but we believe it is a symbol, it is a picture very much like a wedding ring is a symbol of the fact I'm married. This wedding ring does not make me married. All it does is reveals to the whole world that I'm taken. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I go around and, you know, people can say, oh, he's married. He's taken. I know I'm not a, a great catch, but still. <laughs> it doesn't make me married any more than baptism makes someone a Christian, but it is a symbol of something. When I do a wedding ceremony, I'll talk about the significance of the ring. I'll talk about the fact it's made of gold, which is pure and valuable. And I say, your wedding union is to be pure. You maintain the purity of that relationship, but also it's precious, it's valuable. I also talk about the fact that the ring doesn't have a beginning or an end. It's ongoing. And I talk about the fact that our, that's how our marriages are supposed to be in this life, ongoing. But like a marriage ceremony and a ring, baptism has great significance as well. Now, I know many of you, this is review, but I want to talk about what it signifies. First of all, it's a picture, as Josh mentioned, of a death and a resurrection. Now, the word baptism actually means to place into, means to immerse. That's what the word means. Some of you have heard me talk before about the fact that they found an old Greek recipe for pickles. It says, take the cucumbers and baptize them into the brine. I think, holy pickles, every time I think of that. I love pickles. You stick them in, you place them into. But what is the significance here? Well, Jesus was placed into the earth, and then he rose again from the dead. And our trust is in Jesus, a risen Savior. He's the object of our trust. We're not trusting in ourselves to get to heaven by being good people or going to church. The object of our trust is a savior that God sent into the world who died for us, who was placed into, baptized into death, and then rose again from the dead. And so when people are baptized, they go under the water, they say, my trust is in someone who died for me and was buried. But then we usually bring people back up. It's a symbol of the fact Jesus rose again from the dead. Our hope is in a risen savior, so we think it's a picture. And so in Romans 10, 9, we read how a person becomes a Christian. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, which is a reference to his deity. That word Lord is the same Greek word for the Hebrew word Yahweh in the Old Testament. It's the name of God. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be delivered from the penalty of your sin. It's a matter of trusting Jesus to be your savior. 
But it's something else. It's also a picture of a spiritual cleansing. Water in the Bible has always been associated with cleansing. And that's what baptism is. It's, it's a picture of the fact that all of your sins have been washed away through the blood of Christ. A scholar by the name of Ario White puts it this way. The Greek word baptizen means to plunge, immerse, sink, hence to wash. From Jewish rules of purification concerning ritual uncleanness, the word gained a technical religious connotation implying purification from all that might exclude from God's presence. It's this idea of purification. And so those who put their trust in Jesus Christ are acknowledging that the blood of Christ has cleansed me from all of my sin. I am forgiven, I am clean in the eyes of God. It refers to a third thing though too, a picture. A picture of our new life in Christ. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. When we put our trust in Jesus Christ, it's termed in the Bible being born again or born anew. It's a brand new start. And so when people go under the water of baptism, they're saying, I died to whatever I was before Jesus. Whatever is kind of inconsistent with what it means to be a Christian. And when you come out of the water, you're saying, I'm now living for Christ. It's kind of pictured after Jesus' glorified body, after he rose from the dead, Jesus had a glorified body. It looked normal, but it wasn't quite. I mean, Jesus, after the resurrection, resurrection could eat, but he could also kind of just show up in a room somewhere. It was like he could also be like a spirit. And one day, those who put their trust in Jesus will get this new and glorified body. But just like Jesus died in his flesh and rose to a new life, a resurrected body in the same way when a person becomes a Christian, they die to the old, and now they're living a new life in Christ. Fourth, it's a picture of being all in with Christ, all in. I've mentioned before that I was baptized when I think I was 13 years old. I, I came to faith in Christ when I was about five. My father led my twin brother and me to faith in Christ. But it wasn't until several years later that we were baptized. We went public with our faith at that point. Many, many years after that, about 20 years ago, I went to Israel and I had an opportunity to be baptized in the Jordan River and I decided not to because I thought I've already been baptized. But then two years ago, I was able to go back again and I learned something else about baptism that I just, I don't think I fully understood. The baptism meant really fully identifying yourself with Christ, going all in with Jesus is kind of the picture there. And so on that occasion, I was normally dressed. We were in the Jordan River and I just plunged down into it. I said, I want to be all in for Jesus. It was a picture of that. And then finally, it's a picture of one last thing, a picture of the body of Christ being placed into the family of God, being placed into the church. It's illustrated in that way. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we read, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Again, the word baptized means to place into. So this is saying, by means of the Holy Spirit, we were placed into the body of Christ or what's called the church. Suddenly, you become part of a spiritual family. We are now brothers and sisters in Christ. And so when you run into people who are Christians in other places and you find out that they are a Christian, that they've put their trust in Christ, suddenly you're bonded together. Suddenly you realize we're family and you can actually feel that many times. 
Baptism in the New Testament seems to have been kind of like the way to join the church in a sense. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, after Peter had preached this gospel message and people responded, we read, so those who accepted the message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them, added to the church. They believed the message, they were baptized, and by virtue of that baptism, they were then accepted into the church. And so we think it's kind of a mark of being brought into the family of God, the church. And so let me summarize, it's a, we think it's a symbol, it's a picture, a picture of a death and resurrection. The object of our trust is a savior who died and rose again. We think it's a picture of cleansing. When you put your faith in Christ, he cleanses you from all of your sin. It's a picture of this new life in Christ. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's a picture of being all in for Christ. It's also a picture of being identified with God's people, having been placed into the church by the Holy Spirit who now lives within us. Now, what do we hope you do with this? Well, it depends where you are spiritually. Some of you, as Josh mentioned earlier, have, have never taken this step of obedience, and we want to encourage you to do so. If you're convinced that this is something that Christ wants you to do, if you've put your faith in Christ but have never gone public with your faith, it doesn't matter how long ago you believed. You notice that people are of different ages that are doing this. But we encourage you to consider taking that step as a step of obedience. There are others of you here though today that we're hoping that somehow through the stories and what's happening here or even through what I'm talking about that you'll understand how you too can put your trust in Christ. That you'd realize that it's a matter of reaching out to Jesus Christ to deliver you from the, the penalty of your sin. That God loved the world in this way. He sent his only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Whoever makes Jesus the object of their trust. And most people do that through a, a simple prayer. It's something along the lines of, dear God, I, I know I sinned. I blow it. I can't fix it can't clean myself up. I need a savior. And I do believe you sent your son Jesus to die for me. He died in my place and for what I did wrong. And then he was buried but rose again from the dead. It means he accepted the payment on our behalf. And so I put my trust in you, Jesus. I want to receive you as my savior. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do that this morning.